0: Thank you for listening to the Sermon Podcast for Salem Heights Church. We meet weekly at 9 and 11 a.m. For more information, visit SalemHeightsChurch.org.
1: We're so thankful for our uh, children's ministry. I pray you were blessed this morning. It's going to take them a few minutes to get off the stage, but I just want to notice something as uh, they're all going off there. There's a few of you. Life's been a little complicated this last short season, and I watched somebody, I think, actually rub out a Charlie horse from smiling, because you haven't been doing that a lot lately. And you're smiling this whole entire time this morning, and let's, uh, let's praise this last row as they're heading off for their success in doing that. For those of you that have been here for a little while, our stage has gone through a couple of different iterations, but it used to be about two and a half feet taller. And the first year that we did the children's choir here, we had some crowd surfers from the (laughs) children's ministry dive towards their parents, thinking this was an opportunity to play. And uh, it's gotten so much more refined. I'm so thankful. Pete and I are up here just as part of the the transition, but also to highlight a couple of things that are important, and um, we're thankful for the kids, we're thankful for what's happening at Salem Heights, but we're also aware uh, of uh, some complications that we have with size. Some folks were having a hard time finding a seat, you saw some signs on the back as you were coming in that said, things are under construction, and uh, we just wanted to make you aware that we're aware that uh, things can be a little tough. We're so thankful that we get to squish in here like family uh, and appreciate the nearness. Amen. Amen. Fun to enjoy our kids, but also fun to be able to worship together. Uh, There are a lot of questions that are coming up and a lot of concerns along with those, many of those uh, things, uh, valid concerns. We're going to try to address um, off stage, uh, not on Sunday mornings. So we want you to be looking at the website. Uh, if you have a question, info at SalemHeightsChurch.org. Uh, we're gonna try and do some video stuff, but this is the thing that we want you to be aware of. We're a family, our desire is to worship together. We're gonna do our best to make sure that we can do that well here, but also at Corbin while we're there for that eight week period. And we're just inviting you to be a part of not only the joy of worshiping together, but a part of the mess. Help us as uh, we make that move. Also, uh, this morning we have one other thing that we wanted to make sure that we highlighted. As you saw, all of this organization that's going on, uh, sometimes we can miss some of those who have blessed us in the preparation, and we wanted to highlight one individual in particular.
0: Yeah, several months ago, we uh, announced to our church family that we had, as the elder team, called Tim Saffields into the role of pastor of family life. And at that time, we had talked about building a team that would come alongside him to help carry out all the different areas of this growing ministry at the church, and one of those individuals was responsible for everything you saw this morning and has actually been leading our teachers and staff and volunteers every Sunday morning in our D6 ministry. While we're in here worshiping and and sitting under the teaching of God's word, uh, she is overseeing all of that on a morning, uh, every Sunday morning, and that is Michelle Saffields. We wanna welcome out Michelle Saffields. Michelle is part of our team officially as our D6 uh, morning coordinator. She takes care of those teachers. Her heart really is to love on that staff, love on those servants, help us make sure that we are teaching kids the word of God. We're discipling them as they are in children's ministry. And she has a heart for ministering alongside families. And she's uniquely gifted. She uh, musically is leading these kids in the songs. How thankful for, are you for this children's choir? Yes. Sometimes when we have needs in our church, we're like, we need this type of individual that has these skills and they can be so diverse and yet God continues to answer those prayers and needs and brings people uniquely fit for this role. And so, I know you had a few other things you wanted to share.
1: Yeah, actually, this week, uh, Michelle might is not gonna remember this, but I've actually known Michelle and her family for quite a long time, but 31 years ago, uh, in two days, 31 years ago, you and your sister were at my wedding. Yeah. Uh, Your sister being a flower girl and walking down the aisle there with us, but I have a picture of you guys all sitting there uh, at the rehearsal dinner when Christina's dad came out dressed like a gorilla. Uh, uh, Pretty outstanding. All of these years together, but this is the thing that uh, we want to highlight. All of those years uh, in your family, uh, at school, and now in our church, you've been known for grace, You've been known for your love of families, and you've been known for your love of kids. Uh, And the amazing thing is you have the ability not just to love them, but to organize and be happy with the process. Yes. It's a gift. It's a gift to our church, and we're so blessed that uh, you said yes to helping. Normally, you come as a package deal with Tim everywhere that he's going, but this has really been uh, your calling, and uh, you're doing it well, so...
0: Would you join me as we pray for Michelle and for this morning's message? Father God, we thank you so much for continuing to provide for our church. We're so thankful for the life and the energy and the excitement of the children Uh, this morning. We're so thankful for all the many servants who serve every week to not just watch our children, but to disciple them to know you and to love your word. And we're so thankful for Michelle, her skills, her gifts, God, that you have brought to our church, but we just ask that you would continue to give her wisdom and insight as she cares for our families, cares for our servants, and cares for our kids. We pray for her and Tim, Lord, as they continue to serve together in ministry, that they would be blessed and used by you for many years to come. God, we pray now for Tim as he preaches the word, and we pray this in your son's name. Amen.
2: Well, that was cool. <laughs> Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, what a great job this morning that we got to see all of our kids up there. They did such a good job uh, singing, jumping, uh, testing out the speakers and the monitors. That was so good. Man, I can't tell you how many times the tech team was uh, bouncing back there out of nervousness. It was great. It was so good. Uh thank you also to all the parents that saw you guys get here this morning, one, uh, me being one of them, it, it, I don't know what happens in the morning at six or seven, right before you're about to sing, They're, it's like Toys R Us and caffeine, even though they haven't been there and they haven't eaten any, it happens right before church, and so thank you to all the parents for getting your kids up here this morning, they did a great job, and they get to do it again next service, so uh, that'll be great. Hey, uh, I, I saw a little illustration used one time and we're gonna do it again here this morning. Uh, is there, I, I, there's probably a couple sixth graders through 12th graders here this morning. Raise your hand if you're sixth through 12th grade. We've got a couple, I see, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So we're gonna do something. Who's here uh, got a birthday closest to December 25th? Cause we always know that kid that's got the birthday closest to 25th, right? It's like we, we celebrate Jesus' birthday and yours. It's kind of tough, right? So, who do we got? We got anyone? Who's closest? Middle school through high school. Anyone, December? Okay, anyone, November? Anyone? Yeah, Bradley? Brady? Brady, come here, bro. Come here, bro. Here, let's give Brady a round of applause. You what? Do I get that? Do you want it? Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing I'm, I, you gotta commend this to me, okay, bro? You get whatever's inside here, but you can't tell anyone until I let all of them know, got it. So you can't tell your parents, can't tell anyone what's inside here. You got to keep it a secret. Okay. Can you commit that to me? Okay. So you, you get what, whatever's in, not yet. I'm going to hold it up here. Okay. You see what's that? Yeah, you get with that. Okay. Now keep it a secret later. Let's give Brady a round of applause, nice job. How many of you guys wanna know what's in here? Yeah? Okay, what that's called is anticipation, okay? We well, are all feeling something right now. He, he knows what he's getting, but none of y'all know what's in here, okay? I'll let you guys know here in a little bit. But here at Christmas, and we've been a part of a series here of what makes Christmas so special. What makes it so special? What, what, what brings the warmth and the magic of Christmas? And there's something as I've been reflecting in God's word and in this season uh, is that of rejoicing. Two weeks ago, Pastor Justin spoke on uh, reconciliation. And in Galatians and in 2 Corinthians, he highlighted for us that at Christmas, we're reminded that God reconciles the entire world. That he showed up and that he left an empty place at the table for you and I. He's the one that invites us in, so then we can invite others in. And then last week, he highlighted for us that at Christmas again we're reminded of the relationship that he brings. That just as he chose the least, the last, and the lost, that uh, he calls us to do the same and invite those to come to know this great Savior. And so again today, what we're going to be talking about is what makes Christmas so special, and I br- I believe it's the rejoicing. It's the rejoicing. And that's the overall theme in this series as we see it, that all of this moment, all of these themes of the warmth and the magic of Christmas finds, uh, ourselves here this morning, uh, in these passages in Luke chapter two, would you open there with me in Luke chapter two. And we're going to actually read this entire account. We're going to see that all the grand themes of the gospel here again are found in these passages as we've read them many, many times and we're reminded that they still are applicable to here even to us today and give purpose to the warmth and the the season. Read this with me in Luke chapter 2. And you don't have to stand here this morning because it's a long passage. It says in verse uh, 21, When the eight days were completed for circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. And when the days of their purification according to the law of Moses were finished, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And just a side note, that sacrifice would have been given because they didn't have enough money that they were poor. But isn't it interesting in their arms was a lamb. The lamb of God now in verse 25, it says this, there was a man in Jerusalem. Whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout looking forward to Israel's consolation and the Holy spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah guided by the spirit. He entered the temple. Now when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God and said, Now master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory to your people Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Fenuel on the, of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and was a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple serving God night and day with fastings and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Do you believe that really happened? Amen. Heavenly Father, God, as we read your word here this morning, and as we consider these things at Christmas, we're reminded that you have reconciled us to yourself. You bring us into relationship. And in turn, you cause great rejoicing, rejoicing that has been experience, really, of believers for thousands of years. God, thank you so much for reminding us of these things here even this morning. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now, I'd have you look again at this passage, and I've underlined a couple of these things for us here this morning to just focus on. But Simeon, he was a couple things. He was righteous. He was devout. He was a man who was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And what that means, another word for consolation is actually comfort. He was looking forward to the Messiah. He was a Messiah watcher. He was a senior saint who showed up at God's word. When it was spoken, he was a senior saint who read God's word daily. He was a senior saint who went back into Genesis and he would scour and he would look over, wait, this one who had crushed the serpent's head had to be born of a woman, had to be from the line of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David. I could see him reading in Daniel and looking throughout the Psalms. Who would this be? He was someone looking forward to the comfort that would come to Israel, the Messiah, the one that would tie up the loose ends of the old Testament and bring in and usher in this kingdom. This man, Simeon also, and notice here in this passage, it says three times the same thing, it says the Holy spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy spirit. And also he was guided by the spirit. This guy was spirit-led. He abided in his relationship with God. He loved God. And a unique moment that he gave, um, that God gave him, was of a vision that he would not die until he met the Messiah. Consider that coming to the synagogue. You walk in and you had been revealed that you're not going to die until you meet the Messiah. Where are you going to go? Well, you're going to go to the nursery every single time. You're going to help parents get checked in and you're scouring... You're over there, you're watching them change diapers. And then you're looking, is it that? No, it's not that couple. Is it that? No, it's not that child. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden they walk in this couple. And you're like, that's it. That's him. He's here. And in the next passage, it says this, and I love this response. All of a sudden he's here, the Messiah. And read this with me. You can go to the next slide. His parents brought the child to Jesus to perform for him what was customary. And Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. This one that he had been reading about, that he received a promise about, he took him in his own arms and went, I've been reading about you. All those prophecies, all that time. Jesus, you're him. You're him. He's here. And his response is, Now I can depart in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation. This is the answer to all the promises that have been spoken before. This is the, key's the answer. And it's gonna be an answer to all the Gentiles, not just to the nation of Israel, but for everyone to hear and everyone to see. He is my salvation and your salvation. And now I can rest. What a moment. Can you feel the anticipation? Do you still have it? The anticipation as the Old Testament was wrapped in who is this Messiah gonna be? Who is this gonna be? Now, as I, re- I reflected on rapping in particular, did you know that our American country spends about $2.6 billion on rapping every year? Just wrapping. And to take the heat off of America, let's think about UK. And in the UK, They spend enough money to get 227,000 miles of wrapping paper purchased every single year, which is enough times to go around the earth nine times, nine times. And that's just the UK. So imagine what that is for America, but (laughs) why do we use wrapping paper? Why why do we do this? Now I could have just called uh, Brady up here and just given him whatever was in this box, but why do we do this because we love to see the anticipation come to fruition. You or I maybe have been working on a gift and I've received some of these. Have, have you as well, where someone has been working on a gift for years and years and years, and then they wrap it up in secrecy. And then you get that gift from that individual. And what does that express care? It expresses, I'm excited to see your response and your reaction. Actually, when you get this. And so then when the gift is open and you see that inside's a hundred bucks, you're like, well, what do you do? You just did it. You're like, yeah, I'm excited for him. You rejoice. Now it would have been super lame. Here you go, Brady, here's a hundred bucks. That's lame. We wrap up our gifts because we're excited for the moment. We wanna see the look on their face and wonder what he's gonna buy with that for his mom. The kids shake it. Simeon had been shaking this gift. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And finally it was opened right before his arms and he held it. I have a question for you here this morning, as we consider these things and that as we see this, even here in this passage, that this anticipation led to a moment of rejoicing. Believer you've opened the gift. Scripture says, if you place your faith in him, that you've received the free gift of salvation. Because the gift of sin is death, but you've received this free salvation through Christ Jesus, our Lord, you've received a gift way better than a couple dollars. You've received a gift and now you have a relationship with the free gift giver. What, what do you find joy in then if you've been given this gift? I'd actually give you a moment of application right now. Just take a couple seconds and write down or click. On your phone, take a second and consider because I've been given this free gift. Why do I have joy? What do I rejoice in? Because the gift's been given to me because I, maybe someone actually prayed for you to receive this gift. And there was much anticipation. God knew your story. Why do you take part in this joy? Simeon had been looking for it for a long time. But here, even at this Christmas season, since you have received this free gift, why do you have joy? What do you rejoice in? Because scripture even says that the angels, they rejoice every single time an unbeliever comes to know him. That there's a party up in heaven every single time someone places their faith in him. Scripture says that he desires all men to be saved. And so as you reflect even on this year, and as you look back, Why do you have joy? What do you rejoice in knowing what he's walked with you through? What he maybe has wrapped in your life. And you're like, well, I don't like the wrapping. Well, what if he's been walking with you through the wrapping? Write it down. Tell someone even today. Because of the gift that God has given me in my life, what do I rejoice in? Now this moment spills over to another one. And we meet our second character here this morning and her name is Anna. And why I believe that Christmas is so special and there's so much rejoicing that happens is that it doesn't just stay there. You don't just get to open the gift. No, I mean, we're already thinking about what he's going to do with it. That rejoicing and that gift that's opened and the joy that we get to see in the moment then spills over to sharing and look at Anna's testimony. She was a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. And she was well along in years. We got another senior saint, man. God loves him. God loves each one. And this lady, Anna, she was a prophetess. Now, if you remember then the book of Luke here in the beginning, he writes this letter to a man named Theophilus and he's writing specific details. Very medical, right? Because this whole letter is built on eyewitness testimony. So you could either go back to the people, Anna, or some of the new, Anna, and confirm that this really happened. And this moment for Anna was a real moment that happened in her own life. And she walks up and she sees the old man, Simeon over there, exclaiming and excited in the nursery that something's going down. And Anna's going like, "What is going on?" She walks over. And what does she see? Well, she's been a widow for 84 years, and so at this time, she's probably around 10,30,4 years old, and wanders over, and she sees this moment. She sees this interaction. She sees this moment again of rejoicing. Was she any different than Simeon? No. She didn't leave the temple. She served God, she fasted, she prayed, she was devout. She was looking forward to the consolation of Israel, just like Simeon. And what was her response? She began to praise God again because the gift had been open joy, but it didn't stay there. What did she do? I love this part. It says this, she began to thank God and to speak about to him, to all who were looking forward to the uh, redemption of Jerusalem. She didn't just keep the gift for herself. No, she proclaimed it to everyone who was around. I need you to know. I've been a witness to the Messiah showing up. I've been a witness. I know him. I've seen him. I've been reading about him and he's here. I need you to know. Now we see this on Sunday mornings right after Christmas. And being in youth ministry for a bunch of years, you see this happen. You got the kid that's coming up and he's got the AirPods in his ears. you're like... I know it just happened. You got the kid coming up. He's got the new shoes or the shirt, or he's got to wear a backpack to church. Why are you wearing a backpack? Oh I got for Christmas, right? The kids excited. Just look what my dad gave me. Look what my mom gave me. Look what Brady bought me. Right? <laughs> well, I, I want to share it with you. I've been given the gift. I actually want to share it with you. I don't want you to take it, but I want to share it. A part of this warmth and magic of Christmas that we see that the world tries to encapsulate and does actually a pretty good job sometimes. One part of it though, is this, is this story. This story was Simeon and Anna, all the anticipation and then the sharing. And I need to let the world know. And in a story that the, the world does an okay job at, I think that you would agree is called it's a wonderful life. And in it, we meet a fictional character, and his name is George Bailey. And this story, if you didn't know, is actually loosely uh, based on Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. And George Bailey, he owns the Bailey Building and Loan. He's a selfless individual, and he gives anything that he really has to anyone in need. The financial success that he's given then goes to support others, The education that he was planning, that money goes to others. The finances goes to those in need who are, who are sick. His even his own honeymoon fund goes to the bank with just $1 left to spare. And by accident, a deposit goes missing and he's left liable for fraud. He would be then held responsible and found a criminal. And so contemplating what to do and not knowing where to go. At his wit's end, he finds himself on this bridge, in the scenes before this one that you see here, contemplating suicide, taking my own life. It'd be better if I was never alive. It'd be better if I was gone. And we meet a little gentleman, his name's Clarence, and he's a fictional angel. And what does he do? He jumps into the river, and this man who's been selfless his whole life, George Bailey, what does he do again? He gives his life and he jumps in and saves Clarence. And by way of conversation and by way of uh, reflection, Clarence takes George through some scenes in his life of what it would be like if George wasn't ever born. The city would have been filled with sleazy businesses, crime, friends in prison, family dead, a wife who doesn't know him. And he comes back to this same bridge after seeing all these moments and he realizes, and he comes to the conclusion that my life does matter, that I do matter. I have much and that I'm actually the richest man in town. He's bore witness to the fact that his existence is needed. He, he needs to be there, that he'd be better, that he'd be alive, that he truly is the richest man. In town believer, as you've come in here this morning, I want to remind you of something, if you know Christ personally, you're the richest person in town. You're the richest person in town. Just like Anna, you have bore bore witness to the savior. You have an inheritance that's incorruptible and that's unfading and undying, and it can never be taken away. You have something that the world needs. You have bore witness to these things, to proclaim it, and to share with all those who need, because the world is spiritually poor. The world is misers when it comes to hope and help. It needs the riches of the gospel. And you know, the gift giver, you know, the one. They can change eternities. And so I'd have you do this this morning. I'd have you close your eyes. Because with the amount of people here in this room, you could be sitting here this morning and say, I don't feel rich. I don't feel rich. I don't feel like I know this God, this gift giver, this one that came here 2,000 years ago. I don't feel like sharing and could it be that you don't know him. You don't know the one that hung the starry skies. You don't know the one that was born of a virgin that fulfilled all the prophecies. Well, let me introduce you to him. He loves you. His word says that he thinks about you. He knows that you got up this morning. He knew that you're going to be sitting in your chair. He knows the thoughts that are going in your, in your mind, even before you think them, And he died for every single one of your selfish moments, my selfish moments, my sin. He took your place so that you wouldn't have to bear the consequence of those things. And all you have to do believer with your eyes closed is believe, believe that he died, was buried and rose again for all of your sins. And now he ushers you into his family. You just trust in him and you become the richest person in town. That relationship never changes. If you're here this morning, and you say, I, I want to believe, I want to begin my relationship with Jesus. It, that's simple. It's that simple. Just believe. And if you're here this morning and say, I have believed, but I got to be honest. I've been taking my riches and I've been putting them in the ground. I've been putting them in my stocking and the world does not know. Believer, if that's you here today, follow Anna's example. Tell the world, Merry Christmas with the gospel, with the good news, share it to all who would believe. What a better gift and a better time this year to see hearts transformed. Dear God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this couple minutes, God, that we gotta encounter these two individuals and see your heart for the world, to see your heart for us. Help us to be those now to go and tell this great news to the world that needs you. God, thank you for the joy that you bring. Thank you, God, for the hearts that you change. We love you, and we look forward to seeing you soon.
0: We pray all these things in Christ's name, amen.